Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Dylan Krause. Let's get right to it. We're doing what? Get real, right? This is Get Real. This is the last Wednesday of the Get Real theme. Next week we're going to launch a new theme called Satisfied. So if you have any desire to find out what that's about, you should come and check it out. It's going to be really good. We're going to go over... um, the the concepts and the um, practical stuff that deals with attaching yourself to the source of your life. Ooh, I get you, I best uh, I bet you could guess that's the one who that is. Um, so it's going to be really good. Satisfied is coming up next month for April, but it's still March and we're still getting real. So reality. A couple weeks ago, I talked about with senior high, just like what it is like that whole thing. I'm in philosophy class and it's just like they're asking all these questions like what's actually real. And then I had to do this paper. Luke Viazzi, there is no paper. Got 100%, bro. Got 100%. Yes. Air high five. I said there's no paper. No, I didn't. I I didn't. I wrote like 600 words more than I was supposed to and just got into it and it was good. The Matrix, if you guys have seen that, there is no spoon. Yes. You know, and it just bends. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Anyway, what I'm talking about tonight is a little bit different than that. I'm just talking about the fact that your reality is contingent upon the thing that you focus on. And that if what Ben was just saying, you have this invitation out to you that's, that's inviting you into this place where you get to choose to live in actual reality, which is where Jesus Christ has died, risen from the grave, and given you the life that he deserved to live. Is that good or not? Like that the king of the universe, the one who created the oceans and the seas and even the Loch Ness Monster, yeah, even the Loch Ness Monster, even Bigfoot, he, if, he, if they exist, he was the one who created them. He wasn't some mutation of some nuclear power plant explosion in the Ukraine or something. It was real. And Jesus was the, the one who created all that stuff. And instead of us dying for our sins, he just decided like, nope. I love them way too much to watch them go through that. I'm going to put myself in their shoes. And he died in our place so that we could live a life connected to God, full of his spirit, attached to the fruits of his spirit, which are what? Love, joy, peace, self-control. Oh, sorry, I skipped one. Boom. You guys are in order and everything. I screwed up your ABCs and stuff, and then that's what happens. You get one out of order, and you you can't do them anymore. But... So I would say that if that's what's on the table for us, right, it's like having a filet mignon steak dinner on the table or Easy Mac or Hot Pocket or even worse, like, I don't know, a toast and cheese sandwich that, like, your sister hid under the couch for two weeks. You're like, that's, yeah, or spam or whatever. Whatever is your, like, demise when it comes to food, whatever it is, Brussels sprouts, whatever it is. Me too, I found out they're good like 16, 18 years into my life or something. But literally, like, it's, it's seriously, that's what's available to us, okay? You realize that. The actual understanding that you are living in Christ's shoes, where he's actually given you relationship with God to the fullest with no filter because he died and, and his righteousness was put on you and you're free from sin and you get to walk, what does it say in Hebrews? I think it's Hebrews. Boldly before the throne of grace, and you're face to face with God. You know that there was only one man in the before Jesus' day who was able to come before God face to face. 
Anybody know who it was? Moses. It's crazy. Moses, literally, he was this guy who saw God face to face, and it says in the Bible that he talked to him. He talked to him like we were talk, I'm talking to you guys right now. That's crazy, but that's literally what we have available to us because of Jesus. Crazy. So all you got to do is, like, just start reaching for it. It says that we get transformed like in a mirror every single day, get closer and closer to the likeness of, of that thing that we're, like, attaining to or, like, reaching up for. And that's a process, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful, and you're working out your salvation every single day. And that's how you get there. Because if you're like, well, why don't I have it then? Well, maybe because you're not working for it. And not that it's got to be worked for like Jesus did it, but maybe you're not like, maybe you're not hungry for it. Maybe you're not like going to the table. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you're not coming to dinner time. Maybe you're not eating what Jesus has put on the table for you. You know, like you don't get dessert if you don't eat your dinner, right? So you got to come to the table and eat of what God's given to you. And that, that's when he just keeps, that's where he keeps pouring it out. The table, if you're missing this connection, is relationship with God, okay? Relationship with God. Relationship with God. How does that look? Lots of different ways. We're going to talk about it next month when we do Satisfied. So you should come for that. Okay. So Numbers. We're going way old school tonight. Numbers chapter 12. Wow, I've got 10 minutes, I think. Um, Okay. So check this out. Moses, that guy we were just talking about who who he said... Uh, who I was telling you that, like, spoke to God face-to-face, right? You want to be like him? You want to speak to God face-to-face? You know how Moses did it? He was H-word. Keep coming. Come on. Come on. Participate. Participate. Keep going. Ha. Ha. Humble. Nate Goodyear for the win Round two today. Humble. If you said that before, Nate, God bless you. Um, Now, get this. This is Numbers 12, verse 3. Now, the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Guess who wrote Numbers? Moses. So, Brother Moses is just like, man, I am the most humble guy in the whole world. No, it really wasn't like that, but it's funny that that's actually what happened. This is why Moses was able to say that, because there was these, there was these priests that were set up to minister, like, on behalf of Israel, because we didn't have Jesus yet, so they had to have priests that would do sacrifices so that the people wouldn't get killed and all this stuff. It's crazy, but it's Old Testament, so you don't really have to worry about it too much, but there's a lot in there if you want to read it, and you'll get a lot of glory from it and understand why Jesus is so great. So do it. Anyway, Miriam and Aaron were these other two people who were all of a sudden all upset at Moses. Say Moses. Moses. Because they're like, man, why is Moses the only guy who gets to talk to God face to face? He isn't so much better than us. Then this is what God said. Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings or mysterious sayings. He, and he sees the form of the Lord. He actually saw God. He said, I'll pass before you, and I'll let you see my buttocks and not my front side, because then you'll die. Literally, I don't know if it was his butt, but he said, I'll let you see my backside, so who knows. And he said, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? 
And that's why you can say, I was the most humble guy in the whole world because God said that about Moses. He said, why weren't you afraid to talk smack about Moses? Because he is my favorite person ever because he's the most humble. And I actually speak with him face to face because I know I can trust him. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that beautiful? You know that that happened over time? That happened over time. That happened over time. Moses actually killed a guy. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't perfect. It is actually a journey. Isn't that exciting? That if it's not happening for you right now, it could still happen. So good. So good. Okay. So then what happened was, was really crazy. The anger of the Lord was aroused against them, and, and he departed. So he's like, oh, no, you didn't, basically, was what Jesus was saying, or what God was saying. And, um, da, 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 da. The girl, Miriam, was struck with leprosy. God was like, oh, no, you didn't. And then he was like, boom, and made her a leper. I went to India with my wife. We lived there for a while. We did lots of leprosy ministry. You don't see that around here. But when you see somebody whose nose is gone, whose fingers are gone, whose toes are gone, they can't walk, they can't do anything because literally their body parts are falling off, it's not a fun thing to have. It's not like the flu. You're not getting your fingers back unless God heals you. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, here, take this emergency packet, and you'll be all better. Thanks, Don Locke. I'm good now. Um, and this is just crazy. So they come before, the, they, they're talking smack in the background. God calls them out and says, this is why Moses speaks to me face to face, and this is why you're different than him. And if I'm Moses, like, I'm just not on his level yet. I'm just like, told you. I told you. Suckers. You know, kind of like in your face. God totally backed me up. And now you got leprosy because you're a joke. Like, and you just like, I don't know, you get just all hyped up about like how, but that's not how Moses was, right? This is crazy. A humble guy wouldn't do that. Help me, Jesus. Help me be more humble. Moses cried out to the Lord saying, please heal her. Oh, God, I pray. So this girl is just talking total smack behind your back about wish, like saying that you're not all that in a bag of potato chips. Why do you get to be closer to God than me? And then God strikes her with leprosy, and he's just like, no, God, don't do that. Help her. Jesus, heal her right now. He's so humble. It's so crazy. I just think it's awesome. And so, like, all through this whole journey, like, you guys know that there was, like, this whole group of Israelites. They were slaves in Egypt, right? There were slaves, and then there was, like, that whole book of Exodus about how there was all these, like, uh, what were they called? Plagues, the ten plagues. And, like, there was frogs and locusts and hailstorms and lightning and all the animals died. Then they killed all the babies. And Ben talked about this last week before Easter, why it was so amazing that Jesus celebrated Passover with his disciples before he became the Passover lamb. Blah, 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 blah. If you remember that, you're getting what I'm saying. Anyway, it's, it's crazy that, like, those people, they had seen all these amazing miracles, right? Like, they get to the Red Sea. And Moses stretches out his staff over the waters, and what happens? Splits. And like Ben was saying last week, the, like mom is like grabbing the little kid's hand, like he's reaching out to touch the whale, and she's like, no, don't touch that. You know, like all this crazy stuff, like you got to actually imagine it, like he was saying. It was insane that this was happening. But right before that, they got, right after leaving Egypt, they see God do all these crazy plagues to attack the Egyptians and show them that he was God, and they were just man. Okay, who is trying to humble them, 
like John Leach says, you can either fall on the stone, which kind of looks like something like this, like, oh, my God, you're way bigger than me. Or you can have a, a stone fall on you. And you get to choose which one you want. You know what I'm saying? And the Egyptian king or pharaoh or whatever he was called, he chose to have the stone fall on him, and it fell hard over and over and over again because he wouldn't humble himself. Crazy. So they get there, and they're, like, at the river, and before the Red Sea, I mean, and they're like, you brought us out here to die, God. You, What is the matter with you? And they're, like, complaining against Moses, like, after he did all of those crazy miracles in Egypt, right? Remember that? So that's, like, the timeline. God does all these things in Egypt, like, sends frogs, turns their rivers into blood, kills all their firstborn animals, kills all their firstborn babies. Then finally the king says, get out of here. I don't want your God cursing us anymore, right? All that stuff happened. They get to a river and they're like, oh, great. You just decided to kill us. That's why you really did all that stuff. Does that seem logical to you? Does that seem realistic that like your answer to God when you get to the next hardship or the next circumstance, you get where I'm saying? See how this relates to your life? The next thing that challenges you, the next time you, you get a, like a, a hard day with your mom or your dad, the next time you have somebody say something to you that was like mean or nasty or whatever, and you go like, God, what is wrong with you? Guilty? Anybody? Me, for sure, big time. And you forget what he's done in the past to bring you to this point. And you, instead of understanding his affection towards you and knowing that he can make anything happen for your good, you choose to be lost in the doubt and in this like, this like prideful place of like, I wish I wasn't, I wish I, I would have done this without you because it would have been better. And that's essentially what they were saying was, you could have, we could have been left in Egypt and we would have been better. And they say this over and over again. They get through the Red Sea and then they don't have any food and they go, God, why did you bring us out here to die? At least in Egypt we had cantaloupe. And I love cantaloupe. Like I get where they're coming from. I love it. Don't get me wrong. But seriously, they're like, Instead of understanding that he was going to take care of them, every single time they got met with another struggle, they turned to him and said, I wish we did this without you. They get manna, right? Next thing they do is they get manna, and then they are sick of manna. They're like, it's just bread that comes up from the ground miraculously every single day, except for Sunday when there, or whatever day was Sabbath, Friday or Saturday. And they like, instead of doing it Saturday because it was Sabbath, they weren't supposed to do anything. They got it double on Friday. He thought of everything. And he's like feeding them and they would bake it into these little cakes and it was great. And it was sustaining them, right? But no. God, why did you just give us these cakes? We don't have any meat. At least in Egypt we had fish. We could eat all the fish we wanted. Remember, they were slaves in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. They were not free. Here they are, free as birds, like, woo, we get to do whatever we want. Not really, like, whatever we want, but we're, like, following the living God. We're his people, and I'm hungry for fishes. Mom, put in some Easy Mac. Why don't we have any Hot Pockets in the freezer? Like, seriously. And God's like, okay, you want me? And he, like, brings in tons of quail out of nowhere, just like, quail you can just eat all the bird you want like it's like i mean it probably tastes like chicken right because everything tastes like chicken it's just so crazy and they keep complaining and griping and complaining and griping and like i said it's like building the hardness on the outside of their heart you realize 
it's like every time you choose to come into this place of like complaining and like in this place of arrogance, it's, it's pride and it really does callous your heart instead of falling on this stone and going, God, thank you. Thank you for everything that you've given for me every single day. Thank you for providing for me and my family. Thank you, God, that you have chosen me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you that I'm a son or a daughter of the living God. And instead of that, they go, I'd rather be a slave. I'd rather be a slave. And pride and arrogance will force you back into slavery of the things that you are, are like, that you struggle with. Having a prideful heart, you will not have freedom. You will not be free of sins that bind you up, of like emotional issues, of depression, of all this kind of stuff. You want to get free from stuff that hounds you? You're struggling with a sin that's just over and over and over again? Fall on your knees and say, God, you are God. I am man. I cannot do this on my own. I need you. I need you. Okay. So case in point, there was this guy. Well, yeah, there was this guy named Caleb in the Bible. So you guys probably know this story a little bit, but I'm just going to go over it really quick for, for you. Like, after all that stuff happened with Miriam, the lady that got leprosy, who God did heal, um, who were talking smack about Moses behind his back, the next thing that happens in Numbers is chapter 13. And the Lord spoke to Moses, like he, he said plainly, and he said, you're going to go into this land of Canaan, and you're gonna, I want you to send spies in to check it out, see what it's like. And so Moses is like, all right, I'm going to pick 12 people from each, one from each tribe. There was 12 tribes, and one one man from each tribe, and I'm going to send him out for 40 days, right? And just make sure I'm on track here. And so he sends him out, and this is what they found out. God said, be, be strong and courageous, be bold and courageous, be of good courage, and go to this land and see what it's like. And so, like, basically what he's saying, he's trying to give them a place to live, right? And so these spies went, and they told him, and they said, We went to the land where you sent us. This is Numbers 13, 27. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, which were supposed to be these giants. I'm pretty sure. Um, blah, 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 blah. So all these guys are like saying, yeah, it's amazing. Check out this fruit. We got cantaloupe again, and there's fish, and there's this, and there's all this kind of stuff, and you can get Hot Pockets if you want them. There's a guy on the street corner. He can sell you Hot Pockets any kind you want. And then they also, and then this other system arose, and it was saying, yeah, and their cities are strong and fortified, and there's giants in the land, and they're much stronger than us. And then homeboy Caleb quieted everybody down, and he said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we, were, for we are well able to overcome it. This is what Caleb was like. He was like, yeah, come on. Do you hear that? They got cantaloupe. Let's go. Like now, I, I love, I'm thankful for the manna. I'm thankful for the quail, but they got cantaloupe, and it's time to eat. And the other guys were like, we are not able, this is what the other 10 guys were like, we're not able to go up against them. They're stronger than us. They're stronger than us. Yet again, 
your next circumstance, your next, next situation, your next struggle, the next thing that gets in your face and challenges your faith, the next thing that comes against you, and instead of realizing that God is who he said he is, and he's ever, the person who's brought you to this point, right, the person who, who rescued your heart from being broken, brokenhearted forever because you weren't able to tap dance as a kid, you know, that God, the one who made you all right, he is still with you. And if you got that understanding, you go, come on, let's go right now. Let's go get it. And if you've separated yourself from that in pride and realized, like, oh, man, I don't know, you're all on your own. You separate yourself from God, and you go, I'm all on my own. This is what I, this is what I was saying at the very beginning. Your focus determines your reality. Your focus determines your reality. Caleb's focus was on a God who was a God of miracles. A God of miracles. All these other guys, their focus, it, their pride, it says like in, the, in Proverbs that pride will bring you low and the, the humble are exalted. I, I say that if you're humble, God lifts you up to a, a perspective where you can see his truth and his goodness in your life in such a way that you'll look at it and you'll see, like from that point where your, your focus is at, that you'll see everything as possible. You'll have great hope. You'll be like one of these people that walk into your friend group and they'll, they'll like, everybody wants to be around you because you have hope. Because your humble heart has lifted your vantage point to a place where you see God, the God of miracles, available and attainable and in your very heart because the Holy Spirit lives there. Isn't that crazy? Oh my gosh, it's so good. So they all start complaining again. The congregation lifts up their voices and cries. They wept all the night. And the children of Israel, again, complained against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in the wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt so they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Oh, my gosh. Imagine being Moses, being like, you guys seriously went through, all, you went through the Red Sea. You didn't have food, so God gave you food. Then you didn't have meat, so God gave you meat. Then you didn't have water, so I hit a freaking stone with my stick, and water came out of it, and then you had water. And all of this stuff happened as you complained, and you complained, and you complained, and now you're going to get here right on the edge of your promise, and you're going to look at it and go, they're too big. They're too big. Yeah, they're too big. They're too big for you, but they're not too big for God. And what did Moses do? He fell on his face, and he prayed and interceded for the people. But Joshua and Caleb, the two spies who were, who were seeing the truth, who were living in a reality where everything was possible, connected to a God of miracles, stopped everybody, tore their clothes, and said, Listen up. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land. And give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. If the Lord delights in us, do you understand now 
why it is so important that you fully grip the understanding that God loves you with an everlasting love, that his love is faithful to the end. It's never extinguished, never runs out on you, can never be broken. It says in Romans 8 that you cannot be separated from the love of God. There is no length, no width, no depth. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. And I guarantee you that was the reality and understanding that was in Caleb's heart that he said, if the Lord delights in us, if the Lord delights in us, then surely we will overcome them. I don't care how big their giants are. I don't care how big their walls are. I don't care about any of that. I know that my God loves me. I know that he delights in me. Guys, These were the children of Israel. They were God's own inheritance. They're the people that we were grafted into through Christ Jesus. We are the children of God. You are a son or a daughter of the living God. And the only thing that can can take you out of reality as God has created it to be, where you are like in this place where everything is possible, where you can be and are this great hope giver, where you walk around with the spirit of God inside you that says, I'm full of love, full of patience, full of gentleness, full of all of those fruits of the spirit, and and totally become this person who selflessly gives like Jesus gave your life to show people this God. Everything is possible for you. Everything is possible for you. There's no wall that's high enough. There's no giant that can't be taken down, guys. Come on. But we've got to know and understand that he delights in us. Okay, so, do you feel me? Okay, if you're really serious about this, I'm going to need some, like, participation. Because it's one thing for me to just stand up here and, like, tell you about it, and you're just like, yeah. Mom asks you, like, what it was like, you know. So how was youth? And you go, it was good. If there's places in your heart that, like, you know that you've become hard towards God, things that have happened to you, things that have disappointed you, places where you've become, like, separated a little bit. You look, God, like, why did this have to happen to me? Maybe it's a medical thing. Maybe it's a family thing. Maybe it's a position thing. Why did this person get this role in this play and not me? Why did this person get to sing on the stage and not me? Why did this person get to do this and not me? And you've lost yourself in complaining. I want you to see very clearly where you're headed. You are headed into slavery. You are walking yourself willfully down a path back to Egypt where you can be a slave again. Instead of understanding that you were created to be free and that in this place of freedom, you have an invitation, like Ben was saying, to realize that God delights in you and that if you have been cast down or if you have been pushed to the side or if you have been missed or feel like you've been overlooked or if you feel like this is unjust that I have this thing happening to my body or whatever or my parents this or my school that, You need to know that God is the God who delights in you, and your story is not over. And if you can get to that place of humility and go, God, you're God, I don't understand it, but I am just a man, and you fall on your stone instead of having one fall on you, then you get to get to this place where you get lifted up and you get to see stuff in your life from God's perspective 
right? You can see clearly now from where you're at, where you've been lifted to through your humility. And from that place, darkness starts to shrink. Your enemy starts to shrink. The evil in your life that you think is so big starts to shrink. Giants start to get really, really small. Giants start to get really, really small. Mm. So you want to participate in that? I want to repent, right, for any kind of complaining, any kind of missing it, any kind of wishful, like, thought that says, I want to go back to Egypt. I don't want to go back to Egypt. God, I want to be free, and I want to know how much you love me. So stand up. I'm going to come right here in the middle of the room. So, look. Sometimes you get into bondage, right, of that pride that I was talking about. You get, you get kind of like bound up in these things that keep messing with you. Like, different sins, different struggles. Maybe you've struggled with depression. Maybe you don't understand who you are in God. Maybe you don't realize that you're valuable. Maybe you don't understand that God delights in you. You've just lost that. So, Like, if you were bound up, how would you get free? You shake it off, right? You shake it off, right? Would you? You wouldn't just go, okay, like, somebody, like, sets up, like, locks you up, and you're just like, okay, I'm good. Like, I could tie you up with, like, toilet paper, and if that was your attitude, you would stay bound up, and you would stay chained. It would be easy. I need you to get a little radical, I want to break off the chains. I want to break off that, that, like, spirit that just is whiny and complaining. And I want to get low and get humble and just ask God to come and forgive us for complaining. We can say that right now. God, forgive me for complaining. You're bigger than me. You're a lot bigger than me. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, God, that my story's not over yet. Mm, come on, amen. All right, but well, we're still going to shake that crap off, all right? So we're going to need, like, some hyped-up music, probably. We're going to need, like, some music, I think. That'll happen here in a second. Pretty sure. And I want, like, a couple, like, look, students, I want you to come here, like, out of humility... The next thing that comes is the vantage point, right? And you see your life the way it's really seen. And then when you see it the way you, that God sees it, it's really easy to get thankful for the things that you actually see, right? You get to see how great your life really is. So staff, any students, if you want to come thank God on this microphone, it's right here. And we're just going to start. And if we're gonna, and you got to, like, dance a little bit, right? So we're going to need the music to kind of get pumped up a little bit, I think. Like, pump it up, like, way loud. Like super loud, like even louder than that. And then I think we need some like lights. We need some like lights of some kind. I think so. Oh yeah, we need some lights. Come on, pump it up. So Lord, I just thank you right now for your goodness in my life. I thank you that you're so much bigger than me. And if nothing is over yet, you're the author and the finisher of my faith, Father. 
Oh, and my story's so good because you love me, God. Are you feeling free? Come on! Are you feeling free? This podcast was recorded live at Wednesday Night Youth Meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.